On today's episode, Dave interviews Dr. Phil Plate. Dr. Plate is also known as the Bad Astronomer. He has been on The Late Show with Craig Ferguson, was the host of Discover's Bad Universe, a consultant on Nova, is a columnist for Slate.com, and is the author of three books, including Two to the Seventh Power, Nerd Disses. Dr. Plate's also Dave's cousin. On location in Boulder, Colorado, I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I think branding is so important because I feel like that's who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've turned but, into your brand. But 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 have you considered franchising? <laughs> I have done. Yeah, there's Chick Fil A and there's yeah. Rosowski Filet. We're going to be doing the Rosowski Filet. And by the way, the only time I've ever been to a Chick Fil A was at uh, was at Lindsay's wedding. Mm, yeah, 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 in, sure. In Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So, but don't you feel like you brand? Oh you yeah, brand. absolutely. Yeah, sure. You brand. Yeah. And it was a total accident. What do you mean? Uh, well, I came up with the name Bad Astronomy. Yes. There was great a, name. There that was a name. well. Thank you. I, it's not original. Um, <laughs> but it works. It really, it, really it works. It works. It it, it, it kind of works. It, there was uh, a website at the time, and by at the time, I mean 1997. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was earlier than that. Uh, my first web page was in 1993, mm-hmm. and that's when you had hyperlinks. And inline images, and you used NCSA Mosaic. Were you alive then? Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I will tell you what we did. Uh, uh, Katie and I bought a laptop for, I'm going to say we bought a laptop for $3,800. I was going to say 35000 but okay. We bought it, a laptop. That may have been just the weight. I yeah. was on the main stage at Second City at that time, and Steve Carell <laughs> and I got the laptop. Already with the name dropping. Okay. Right, yeah. right. Uh, right, I said Katie and Steve Carell and I. We we hooked it up to a modem to AOL in order to get suggestions from the internet, and we hooked it up to a television so the TV could see what it is that the laptop was doing, and we hooked up to the internet. That's pretty said, sophisticated a, for the give time. Give us yeah. a suggestion. Three hundred and ten people in the audience on the main stage, and. No one on the internet. <laughs> there wasn't anybody on the internet. It was, like, it was you and Steve Carell and, and basically me <laughs> right, and a right. coffee pot at MIT that had a camera on it. Exactly. Exactly. So 1993. So 1993, I wrote my first webpage, mm-hmm. uh, and it was about uh, standing eggs on end on the vernal equinox on the first day of spring. And um, this, <laughs> uh, it had a URL was like, you know, HTTP colon slash slash colon semicolon whatever. <laughs> Uh, 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 www.virginia.edu because I was at UVA right. slash ast- astro I think slash you know then my login identity wait this which, is the entire yeah this is the whole URL right because it was it was at the university it was right. the servers at the astronomy department mm-hmm. and so that was the astro and then it was slash pcp2g which was my my initials, and then a, a number and a letter that's assigned randomly to every every grad student, every faculty, everybody, and then so slash whatever the hell it was dot html. You were in grad yeah, I was uh-huh. I was a couple of years away from getting my PhD, mm-hmm. and there was this newfangled mm-hmm. internet thing. I'd, I'd been on the internet forever since like eighty eight, and uh, doing bulletin boards and and such, and then the web came along, and it was you know it's like it's like this new added dimension where right. you could have images. That was and, out of U of, U of I, right? 
Was that out of your University of Illinois? Uh, there's probably going to be a geek who will write in and, right. and let us know what's going on here. But it, it was, I mean, no it was, it was at CERN and yeah. it was, and right. then, and then, right. and then at the University of Illinois where they had supercomputers, they had some servers there and they were doing stuff there. And, um, but, but just at UVA, we had our IT guy, uh, my friend Greg, another grad student who set up the HTML server, the, well, the, the, the web server and, and we had the HTML set up and everything and we, we we all started doing web pages and for my first one i wrote about a misconception of astronomy mm-hmm. and um at that time it wasn't that much later there was another guy who was who had a website called bad science and it was really bad meteorology he was sort of taking on <laughs> legends like are raindrops raindrop shaped and it turns out no they're actually they they little ones can be like little spheres, big ones flatten out like hamburgers, mm-hmm. which is you know it's like oh okay that's kind of cool I, I like that I can read about that that's interesting mm-hmm. and he would talk about a few other things optics and stuff in the sky, and I emailed him and said I'm doing something similar mm-hmm. uh, could do you mind if I use the name bad astronomy it's like yours you know it's inspired by yours and he was like no sure go ahead and what's funny is I get people emailing me saying oh I want to do a bad martial arts site where right. I'm going to debunk the, the the nonsense that people instill into into martial arts, and I think sure you it's not you know I don't own bad, but uh, so <laughs> you I know, Michael about... Jackson probably has more of a claim on bad than I do, <laughs> but uh, and he let me do it. Neil Rodriguez so. has my big fat Greek cafe, my big fa- ga- oh does she? Oh, okay, but she doesn't have it, but she has people saying my big fat Greek. Oh colon, yeah, yeah, or yeah. My, my big fat I, Greek tumor. You know, I have a big fat Greek colon, so yeah. I like colon. I was expecting something, you know, the sequel. Big my fat big Greek fat, colon, the sequel, or the one that you couldn't really get out. So it's a big, my big fat Greek semicolon. That's true, right? Yes. Uh, so you, but getting back to the idea of what were we talking about? I could use talking, a noun or a verb or anything at this point. Right. Uh, my big, uh, we're talking about uh, uh, who it is that you are and uh, and branding yourself. Right. That's what we're talking about, branding yourself. And I got to tell you, I love the fact that I have done. This stuff that people that 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 I've created a brand and I've created like because of my my the pictures that I've taken and the the bloody yeah. marys that come out all the time like that sort of thing <laughs> it's so ridiculous but it doesn't matter because people look at it and they go that's who it is that you are yes people need and and by people I mean just people in general me too need a connection to things and. Mm-hmm. You know, a podcast audience connects with very on a very personal level in many ways with the podcaster, right? And so, it, and and whether it's a podcast or uh, you know an internationally beloved science blog, for example, or <laughs> or anything or an actor or whatever, there are things you get you, you find that connection, and in this case, it can be the brand. Um, and you know, I haven't I don't brand astronomy. When you think astronomer, you might think. Uh, of a half a dozen people, depending on what your level of interest in, you might you might of course know Neil Tyson or, or right. whoever, um, but uh, uh, to have a to have a specific brand like bad astronomy was an accident. I just thought it was a funny name it because doesn't matter how I you got debunk there, bad astronomy. Right, but the fact is that you got to that point. Yes, and, and, and it just stuck. And and here's another thing: you aren't that. That's just part of who it is that you are. Mm. <laughs> but you are it's, really. it's a large it's a large part because of... you just don't do astronomy 
you do, you, you're a skeptic. Oh yeah, climate change those, and exactly, vaccines and all those things. And Doctor Who, for that matter. Right, exactly. Yeah. All those things that you're doing, and yet I look at a lot of that. I feel like um, that is just one part of who it is that I am, and I love the fact that right now I don't like I'm not on a TV, so people don't know yeah. me as this particular thing, but they do know that I will do a bunch of different things, which allows me to do a bunch of different yeah, things. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's an umbrella under which people can find you. Right. And it's an easy tag. It's a label you can hang on yourself, and from a distance people can squint and go, oh, yeah, it's the ADD right. guy. Um, right. And that works out pretty well. It, it has its disadvantages. Years later, now it's been, uh, oh, God, 21 years. Mm -hmm. my, my brand is old enough to drink. How do you like that? Right. And it can vote, and it can, it can gamble legally in Las Vegas. Uh, the, uh, and yeah, because I made jokes, now I've totally lost what I was going to say. Um, no, after 21 years, it's just become second nature. Now it's just a what name. just become The name. Right. The bad astronomy is just a thing now. It's a part of me. And people introduce me as the bad astronomer, right. which is funny, I think. Uh -huh. But it doesn't occur to me to think, what is the audience thinking when they hear that? Does if they have no idea who I am. The audience is thinking? You know what I mean? Well, it, yeah, if they're listening to me. If, if, but are you going to change anything that you're doing because of what the audience is thinking? Or are you going to say, audience, this is what I'm doing. Follow me. This is who I am. Well, sure. But on the other hand, I don't... Um, I don't want to walk out on stage and and be introduced as this is a guy who eats puppies and like right. oh uh and then you're like uh, uh <laughs> what do I say but so you don't want to give him a bad impression but you're not just doing bad astronomy again I'm going to no. what you write on slate and your column on slate which I just find is just so compelling and fucking satisfying because I look at it and go <laughs> get him get those people <laughs> Get him. I'm not Eloquently. sure it's ever been described in quite that but way, thing, or with that amount is, of passion. But I, but I watch it, and and I, you know, I tag you in these things, and people go, yeah, that's it, and they'll share that as well. And the universe that we live in right now is such an interesting universe because we can have, and I'm going to say this, and I, I have a hard time saying this because it really is a bully pulpit, but it's really not a bully pulpit; it's a pulpit. It is. I, I, it, I'm. <laughs> The internet, um, which which may still have a future to it, um, is it, it. There's so many ways of describing it, and I, I like one of the things I like saying about it is that its its most positive aspect is that it gives everybody a voice, mm -hmm. and its most negative aspect is that it gives everybody a voice. Right. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, the other thing, and and you know, if you just go and read YouTube comments, that's really all you need to see. Uh, for the for don't, the for the latter that yeah don't don't, don't read the comments. <laughs> One of my favorite Twitter accounts is don't read the comments, and that's all it does. People will say something like, "Oh my God, I read the comments on my post today," and 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 that person will just basically reply to them. It just says, "Don't read the comments." Don't it's read, awesome. It's a great idea. Don't read the I think I, maybe a robot. I'm not sure, but it's great. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, the the weird thing, is that now that you have a voice which can reach everybody. Anybody who has an internet connection now can, can see what you're doing. Right. We're more polarized than ever because now we have far more choice. When there were three TV stations and, you know, four radio stations, mm -hmm. um, you, heard, you, you heard what they were giving you. Right. And it had to be, uh, you know, actually fair and balanced. Right. <laughs> as opposed to, or in, 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 in the way the news talks about fair and balance isn't fair and balanced anyway. We can talk about that if you want to. Right. Uh, just that. You know, giving giving equal time to people is not, you know, I don't I don't 
I don't need to go to a flat earther every time I talk about the earth being round. You know, balance is not balance, but there's false balance. But the thing is, now that people can choose what they hear, what they see, what they consume, it's more polarized. Right. So there are levels and levels of, of irony here. So what happens is you get not just a bully pulpit, but an echo chamber. Right. And so the people who follow you and like you are the ones they're, they're, you're surrounded by yes people. Right. And that's not necessarily an evil thing um, because, trust me, when you're fighting against you know, the Koch brothers, <laughs> their billion-dollar climate denial industry, uh, or I guess it's not a billion-dollar industry, but they... they it they, could they, be. It's potentially. They have billions of dollars, right, and they funnel right. millions of dollars into this. Right. But, you know, there are times when you, you could use an email that says, dude, like what you're doing. That's nice. And I also believe... I'm sorry. Are you going to go more on well, that? Well, the, the other... But the flip side of that, too, is that the people you're fighting are also reading what you're writing. Right. And so there's a funny echo chamber, but that's the next level of irony, is that, in fact... The other side is listening to you as well, just like I read their blogs to see what ridiculous anti-reality things they're saying, but I want to, you know, stick my head in a microwave oven and turn it on to high for 20 minutes. So it's, it, yeah, well, you can't close the door. No, but, unless you have a microwave room. That would be awesome. Oh my God. You could heat yeah. a swimming pool that way. You, I think there should be a microwave freezer. An anti-microwave? Make yeah. the whole universe a microwave except for the one cavity. And that gets really cold really fast from the right. inside out. Right. Because I there's think so, that would work. Like, I run out of ice. Yeah. If, if I feel like there, there's a standing rib roast that I froze two weeks ago, would you do that? I don't know. And you could <laughs> pop it in your microwave. But if you've got a bunch of people over, can you, is there a micro freeze? Yes. Good. Science. I want one. No, Science. I, I don't know. Some, uh, I, somebody I invent like, that, and it, you owe me 10%. Um, <laughs> for me, I feel like there are a couple of friends that I have um, that when I post something that that is in, in my wheelhouse of anger places, that there are a couple of friends <laughs> that can come in, and, and, and so someone will be trolling and say something, and if this person posts something, I stand back and I go, Thank you, Bruce, for taking that. Thank you, <laughs> right, Ken, yes. for taking that. Yeah. You take it. I'm moving on to the next thing. But there are a couple of friends that I have that are so fucking eloquent in the way that they can stab people that I feel like, great. I want to hear, I, I feel like I want more voices because I think sure. that people are being so silent on so many issues that when I yeah. read what it is that you're doing, I feel like I want to post this so people know what it feels like, what it looks like to have somebody following us, to have somebody. Yeah. Are you going to join us? Why not? You <laughs> sit there. So you my wife Marcella's here. here and she's shaking her right? head. You can sit here, right? Would you sit here? We'd love for you to sit here. You know who'd be happy? I actually want, I was right thinking there. about that. We should hook her up with a microphone. That's what I was thinking too as we were sitting here earlier talking about this. a lot more wine for that. <laughs> you guys think well, I'm opinionated. Basement. You should get her rolling. Oh, wow. Um, but, I, but I look at a lot of people because most of the stuff that you do is bloggery. It's not, you, like, I don't know it's, that I've ever been to your Facebook page. Um, I have two Facebook pages. Because um, I'm not really an early adopter. Myself, by the way. I'm not an early adopter. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, there was a point where 
oh, I don't know, it's probably 2004 or five, something like that, or earlier than that. But there were a lot of social networks coming out mm-hmm. uh, just day after day. It was Facebook and Orkut and oh, right. or wherever Orkut is pronounced. And that was bought by, I don't know. Yeah, some, somebody, like, and it became, I, could, I couldn't, suddenly I couldn't log in anymore. And I was right. like, well, all right, that's fine. I don't care. Right. And Twitter came out and I was. Uh, Do you know any of the Twitter guys? No. Nah. Uh-huh. But um, I'm, you know, I've actually had people say, oh my God, you're like, you're, you're, you have a six digit Twitter ID. That's incredibly low or something like that. Cause I was like, like two or three years into it. Uh-huh. I mean, after the first day it was started. So that's considered early now because there, there are 374 trillion, 816 billion, you know, Twitter users now. <laughs> so I'm actually in, in like the first percent of people who use right. it. And I thought it was totally useless for a long time. Um, do you still feel like what when you look at Twitter? What do you think the worth of Twitter is? Like money? Well, no, 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 no. I'm just the worth out. for you? For like me? What is? I love Twitter, um, and for me, <laughs> it, it it had no worth at all for me for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then there was a uh, some breaking news actually, and I was tweeting uh, uh, the news as it was coming out. It was space related. And people were sending, were replying back to me and saying, you know, I can't get the news. It's blocked where I work, but they don't know about Twitter. They haven't blocked it yet. So this is the only way I'm getting information. In different countries? It, um, I don't remember now. I think uh-huh. it was mostly just, just in the U.S. But Somebody, some business blocked Twitter? Blocked no, other... they're blocking, yeah, because they don't want people screwing around reading, you know, MSNBC or whatever, mm-hmm. what they should be working. And so a lot of, a lot of... A lot of companies, a lot of businesses, a lot of universities and stuff will block that to certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they didn't know about Twitter yet because it was still too young. And I was getting people saying they were, that's how they were getting their information. I was hearing it through me on a breaking news situation. Do you have so that was interesting to me. That's when I thought, oh, you know, I'm not good at, I'm not necessarily good at seeing where something can go, what the potential of it is. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just jump in and see what happens. Uh, so for Twitter, it took me a long time. But then it was like, oh, I can do anything here. So Where's it, here? When you say here? On Twitter. Uh-huh. So I can tweet about, you know, and so I will tweet links to what I've written, uh-huh. which is weird to me. It's like, you're, you know, I have way more people following me on Twitter than read my blog. If I could get everybody on Twitter to read my blog, um, you know, I could, I could freaking buy and sell every blogger on the planet, but I can't. I get, you know, what one one thousandth of one percent by reading the blog or whatever. <laughs> it's like, God, if I could turn this into actual readers. So I, you know, so I tweet links. So I tweet links to, to the blog, and I will actually see my traffic jump when I do that, a little right. bit. And so you follow the metrics? A little bit, yeah. Because but you're I'm not curious. obsessed with the metrics? No, not really. Because I mean, I'm, I'm, that's how I make my money. I mean, I am a, in, 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 as far as Slate is concerned, I am a technically... Slate.com. A, Slate.com is where uh-huh. I write. Um, it's, 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 I'm a journalist. I'm paid through advertising, mm-hmm. like every newspaper journalist, every magazine journalist, Isn't everything like that. is it crazy... That you do that, yeah. And isn't it like who would have thought that you would, you would do that? Who would think that you would have not you like who crazy Phil? No, Blake. no, absolutely. But you look me, at it and go, yeah. are like what? Yeah, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. I was giving a talk in Texas, and a, an astronomer I've known for forever, and we were chatting about it. And he said, "You have kind of an alternative job for an astronomer." And he was laughing, but it's like, yes, absolutely. Right? There is no predicting this. I and work also, at home. I don't wear pants. Right. I'm, I'm wearing pants for you. You're this is no, very no, he's uncomfortable. Not wearing pants right now. That's no right. one is wearing pants. I'm, I'm actually right. completely no nude, except for the uh, the the, <laughs> the tin foil. 
<laughs> oh, the tinfoil hat. Um, but I, I, I look at so much and I feel like, who would have thought, like, there's no way we could have predicted anything that's happening right now. No, and it's interesting how much of old school stuff is still going on. What's old school stuff? Old school journalism, right? Well, so, you, do you, know, you know what my degree is in. Uh, Celsius? No. I oh, have, right. I have a degree in photojournalism. Oh, okay. I'm I did a journalist not, by I didn't training. Know that. And so looking at that, I go, I know exactly. Like for me, journalism is really important. So when I look at what you're doing on Slate and I look at what like uh, other other uh, blogs are doing, I'm like, this is an awesome. Thank you so much. My, my wife is very carefully oh cutting God, up a cake and giving us pieces of, of it. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of it so I can post it when this is so out. We're so gender stereotypical right now. Right? Right? Oh, my God. That's a beautiful piece of cake right there. Well, she didn't make it. Um, uh, but when I think about it. She like, slaved like, over the, over this for. slaved for, over the standing in line. For minutes at the, at the chocolate shop to buy this cake. <laughs> Yield. So um, <laughs> when I look at, when I look at the, like, the fact that your fellow astronomers are, are saying, what are you doing? You know, how is it that you're, like, you're doing this different Well, you different know what's thing. cool? is um, for a long time, the term blogger was synonymous with, you know, guy in pajamas, right. woman in pajamas, right. tweeting or writing about their lunch or, right. you know, or I have an opinion. I don't like this and I'm going to write about it you because I'm a jerk. Mom. Yeah. It's, it's not even like old people right. stereotype, but I just mean like some jerk with an opinion and, and spouting off it's so on a blog now. with four readers. And it's right. like, in fact, you know... Uh, bloggers are now understood that there's still that, but you know, I, look at me. I am a classically trained PhD astronomer. I went off to do uh, research and mm -hmm. support work, software uh, for Hubble for ten years. Uh, did education, had NASA grants for a few more years, and then said, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to write a book and blog and do that sort of thing." And it worked out. But and, at the time that you were that you first thought about blogging, crazy. Right, crazy. Right. When I was writing my web pages, oh yeah, Marcella is nodding her head. Um, I have a whole story about that as well. But um, when when my friend Fraser Kane, who who works, uh, he basically is the showrunner for UniverseToday.com. It's mm -hmm. another astronomy news uh, space news site. And is he was showrunner. No, I, I'm kidding. Show, showrunners are, are being silly. He okay. he actually set up the website, uh -huh. wrote all the stuff, and then hired other writers. Now he has a whole cavalcade of writers who come in and, and do space and astronomy news for him. But back in the day, back in 2002 and 2003, um, uh, right around then, he was saying, you know, we can get advertisers. He wanted to have the Outer Space Network. And it was him and me and a couple of other people. And we would do banner ads. Thank you. And I thought, this is crazy. I, you know, he'll send me the software. And I'm writing my own HTML. I've, you know, I'm, I'm running my own server. I'm doing mm -hmm. all this stuff. And it's like, I just insert this banner software and then he will plug in the ad. And then I got a check just because I had, you know, this many readers. I it's like, this is crazy. What gets me is how many people don't realize that there's a market for that. You know what I mean? How many people don't realize that you can get paid for this? There's somebody at home going, I do this awesome thing, but nobody gives a shit about me. Yeah. And I want to look in the, I want to look at them. I'm going to grab them and go. Put it, like, try it, you fucker. Try it. The hard part now is getting noticed. That's but always going to be true. No, but, like, if you come in saying, i got to get noticed, you're not going to do it. If you come in saying, I'm just going to do this because I love it, people are going to come oh, to you. Oh, no, I, I agree. 
And what happens is eventually somebody at some higher level will see that, read mm-hmm. it and go and tweet it out and say, wow, I read this great column about this guy who has a, you know, or this, you know, whatever, I, a great blog or whatever. A uh, woman has a video series that I really like. And, and that gives them the bump they need to get a bigger voice. Right. So yeah, I'm not saying go out there and do what you're doing to try to get it out as many people as possible. On the other hand, if you want to make a living at it, you know, you're going to have to have an audience. Oh, clearly. And that's just the, the way is, it is. Don't, like for me, I feel like the moment that you say, this is something that I love to do and I'm doing it because I love to do it. But I'm at the, in the meantime, I'm waiting tables to know that you are going to jettison waiting tables the moment that that next yeah. thing gives you joy and gives you money. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, that keeps happening to me. I'm, it does. It, that, what you just said. That it's like <laughs> I was doing, I was working on Hubble and writing stuff on the side. What do you mean working on Hubble? I was, I was okay, so I used Hubble to get my PhD. We had observations from Who Hubble. Who has it? Um, okay, keep going. Well, technically, um, okay. me. Uh, I actually was using somebody else's observations, but I was part of that team. Mm-hmm. And then I got my PhD. Um, and then went and got a, a brief job working on data from another satellite, then moved over to Hubble. And they, they, they had a job opening. They said, we need somebody who knows this programming language and, mm-hmm. has, you know, and basically has Hubble experience. And I thought, ooh, neat, raise my hand. Right. They hired me. And um, it was great. And so we had a camera that was being built. Actually, it was being built here in Boulder, which is indirectly related to why we live here. Because mm-hmm. I came to Boulder as they were building it and we were testing it and doing things. And it was here at Ball Aerospace. Right. And so I had to come here. What's, it's B-A-L-L? B-A-L-L, the, the, the ball jars. The, not, not, no. uh, yeah, the ball jars. Ball yeah. jars? It's the same company, isn't it? What? I'm pretty sure that's how they started like 200 years ago. And uh, now, they, now they build satellites and- Of course they do. Yeah. And what's great is it's just a series of nondescript buildings off of, off of one of the roads here in, in Boulder. You drive by it a million times and never know what it was, and it's like there's like several billion dollars worth of hardware <laughs> sitting in there. Most of the James Webb Space Telescope was built there. Mm-hmm. Uh, half, half, you know, or not most, but a lot of it, and, and uh-huh. like a lot of Hubble was built ball there. Ball jar. We, we have my wife has a ball mason jar here. <laughs> that's a so big much. one. That's, that's, a, that's so our cookie big. jar. I love it. That's so perfect. much. I did not we'll know that was a ball that. jar. That's right. awesome. She we'll had a little model of Hubble in there. Right. And so. I, I continued to work on Hubble, uh-huh. but in the meantime, I was I, I had my website, which I'd had since I was a grad student. Mm-hmm. So I kept writing on it, and um, it, it, it would help me when I would get stuck at work because you know I was writing these big programs and they were hard to write, and it was complicated, and I would get really frustrated. So I would, you know, sp- stay after work and write something about comets or whatever, and I would come home and tell my wife this, and she's like, "You're supposed to be working at work." It's like I know. <laughs> But you know, it, it's it's my way of. I'm not focused very well, and it's it's a great way for me to be able to expend some of that energy and then get back to work. And then I got a book deal because of my website, my first book, Bad Astronomy. I basically pitched it and got it. Um, and then I told my wife this, and she's like, "Oh, so the thing you were using to screw around with at work is now going to, you know, it, now you've got a book." And magazine articles. It's like yes. So why and, would so if you're going to look at that like like to say to somebody because I got a lot of people that that uh, that a lot of a lot of uh, actors who are or artists who are or human beings who are looking for looking for the, the the push to say to them whatever the fuck it is that you're doing go out and do it. Do you have what 
what do you have to say to that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you swear a lot. Oh, I do swear a lot. I swear so <laughs> I much. I know, I know. And you for do. me, I feel like like I taught a class the other day, and I went twenty. It's weird. It's ten twenty-five right now. I went twenty-five minutes without swearing. I was That's like, amazing. That is awesome. That's a long goddamn that really time. That's a long goddamn time. That's a long time. So every every episode I have is like explicit, except the only one I didn't swear on. Was Colbert? Was Carell? Was Carell? Not swear on. Well, Carell. he's such a sweet guy with that. Yeah, right. Lovely skin and <laughs> right, such good skin. So what? Would you oh, and, say? and we have to talk about Colbert in a minute too. Um, but I'll get back to that. Um, I have made that point before. If you've got something you're passionate about, go after it. Mm-hmm. That's not always possible. But I mean, and, and I get, I get, but, I get but taken I know, to the carpet for that shit, for saying but that. But you know what? Fuck it. There's my swearing again. <laughs> Fuck it, because I feel like. If the default is it's not going to work, why do it? But I think that what I need to do and what I always do with people oh. is encourage you to do it. Because, yeah, it, it could not work. But I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you're at home knitting scarves out of napkins and you think you're <laughs> going to make money on it, Keep doing it and <laughs> right. see what the fuck. Or happens. even if even if you can't make money and you enjoy it, keep doing it. Right now, what I'm what I mean is, it, I, the problem is when somebody asks me a question, sometimes I jump ahead to what something I've been thinking about about it for a long time instead Ooh. of laying the groundwork. What I should say is, yes, when when somebody is passionate about something, and it doesn't matter necessarily what it is, um, pursue it. That's what. Being a, a geek is in many ways. It's everybody has their own geekery, and you could be. Um, uh, I think it was I think it was Felicia Day who said she's a violin geek, and or it may have been Molly Lewis, and she plays ukulele. She's a ukulele geek, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, sure. You don't have to be a Star Trek geek or a Doctor Who geek or an astronomy geek. It doesn't have to be science or science fiction. It could be anything that you're passionate about, such that you want to research it, you want to know about it, you might want to read up some history you love of it. it. Yeah. My daughter is a history geek. Mm-hmm. She loves history. Um, my wife is a is kind of an architect freak or a gar- or freak, a geek. From looking right at her, and I said freak, awesome, yeah. And she <laughs> has a, a response for me a that you can't that here. you can't see. Um, but she's she's a, a gardening geek, uh-huh. and so it, there there are times when I think she's making these these flower names up. Right. That's a that's a, a hydrologica japonica. And I'm like, really? It's, yeah. And it turns out, no, she's right. She knows all these flowers and everything. And that's what, that's what she likes. And you can pursue that. And, and that's not always possible. What that, that that, that's the next step. What I mean is I would encourage people if you're passionate about something to pursue it. I'm right. passionate about writing. I'm passionate about astronomy. Right. I'm passionate about reality being but the way it is. But you're also passionate about, there's a politic that you have that you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So I let that, I let that come out. Um, and I encourage people to do that. There are times when it's not possible for somebody to do that. They're working three jobs. They are in a situation where they are uh, 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 an atheist living in the Bible Belt, or they're a conservative living in Berkeley, or you know whatever. And so for them to publicly speak out or to do what they what they're really passionate about could get them in trouble. Or maybe they're one religion married into another religion's right. family, something right. like that. Right. So you can't always pursue that. You can't always pursue it the way they want to. But it's something to think about, something to maybe work on when you can. And it's, I, I think about privilege a lot because I got called to the carpet about once saying that um, success is basically, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's time, it's, it's like, it's, uh, oh, now I can't think of what it is. But it's like, it's, it's basically what I was saying was you make your own luck. Um, oh. When I got my first book, <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, and uh, it was not, it was not luck. 
it was probability and it's different. I, I said to myself, I really enjoy writing my web page. I really enjoy writing this other thing. I want to have, you know, these other things I was doing at the time. I want to write a book. How do I do this? Well, nobody knows who I am. So I need to make a name for myself. I need to start writing. And I need to start writing in, you know, at that time, legitimate mainstream things. So I started writing for free for Astronomy Magazine. They had a, 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 a Ask Astro section. So I would, I would answer questions and write them up and then send them in and they would print them. And I wrote articles for them. And I uh, did a few other things like that. And I um, started doing more and more and more. And what happened was when the opportunity came, and there was an opportunity at one point that came to me, and I passed it up. I said, you know what? Not ready for it. Not, I can't do this yet. Uh, it was a TV show. And I was right to do that. I think looking back on it, it was the right decision. I would have been terrible on camera. Um, but when the time came for me to write my book, when, the when that opportunity arose, boom, I was ready for it. And uh -huh. I jumped on it. Uh -huh. And I wrote my book. And it did no okay. I'm not understanding yet where the privilege thing comes so, in. Um, the thing was, um, when I, when I say you make your own luck, right. um, by being prepared, that's not always easy to do. There are people who are stuck in jobs and stuck in places or in certain situations where that opportunity, those opportunities come and go and they can't grab them because they simply can't pull themselves out of where they are. And I found that to be really interesting. Um, it was, a the, the person who was trying to explain this to me was sort of, trying to grab me by the throat and tell me what a jerk I was by saying that. And it's like, no, I still don't think I was a jerk. I, say, I still think for a lot of people, it's still true to try to grab these opportunities when you can to be, to be prepared for them. I also believe that there's a sacrifice that, that you have to make. If there's something that you want to do, something needs to be sacrificed. And I'm using quotation marks on that. Because I feel like if, if you are passionate about something, at some point you're going to say, I need to surrender, letting go of that which no, no longer serves me, that x thing but you you get to do that thing at the time that you get to do it i don't i totally agree with the idea that excuse me you create your own luck uh william kennedy has a book called billy phelan's greatest game and in billy phelan's greatest game one character literally says to another you create your own luck billy and what that says is you have placed yourself at the place that you love to be in and then what surrounds you is opportunity but if you keep saying, I'm going to hold on to this job because, and I get it. If you're living, if you're, mm -hmm. if you've got nine children, then that's what you've got to hold on to. But there's going to come a point where you get to, it's so hard to think this because it <laughs> is about privilege and to a certain extent. But I also believe that there comes a point in your life where you've got to go, I get one chance and I'm going to take advantage of that right now. I would hope. That happens to everybody. If you're a single parent with four kids, you know, I know that's that's almost impossible. And for us, I mean, you know, for us, it was for for me to leave that job at Hubble and take the education job um, was a big risk um, because that was that was grant based. But you, and I could have lost. We could have lost everything if NASA kind of just said, so "Yeah, what, we're going to defund that." Took the risk. But then, yeah, but then we have a mortgage and a kid. And, and but you still took the risk, Phil. And I could have, I would have had to start a software company or something, and I would have lived in a cubicle. And but I'd look, be, what's happened. It didn't. You didn't. It have didn't. To. It didn't happen that way. But I've been very fortunate, and a lot of that what has does to that be. Mean? I started. It's. It's. Somebody said. Somebody said. Uh, uh, privilege is is uh, starting on is being born on third base and thinking he hit a triple. And it's 
there's a there's that's, I think that's a really interesting. I'm ask. sorry, I'm not going to go by that. I'm just saying that that I I was born. But that's at, not you. <laughs> but that's not you. I was born in a middle class family. I'm a white guy but in you, the sciences. But, but 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 look at your family. There's certain people in our family. Because you're my cousin, there's certain people in our family. Yeah, we should probably mention that, by the way. Right, that well, we're cousins, be mentioned, yeah. right. But there's certain people in our family that I look at and I feel like, like they had dreams that they they've done, and they and 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 it hasn't happened. But I feel like you. I, I, we've all had our shots, and we've all we've all grabbed, and and it it it's for sometimes it's worse and sometimes it doesn't. We've had we've had our moments where it's like, oh. Mm, hmm. My second book didn't do so well. Right. Uh, it, it came out basically the day Obama said we're having a recession. And it turns uh -huh. out that's bad for book sales. Um, <laughs> but later on, it got optioned by right. a production company, and we made a limited-run TV series on it. And um, that was great. Right. Uh, so that, that worked out okay. Uh, it worked out. But, you know, it, 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 the, the, because the, I'm not – this is my issue. Okay. I'm not going to think – that I was born on third base. That's the point, right? Is that if you have the privilege, say, okay, you know what? I, I have the privilege. I, I get this chance that I might not have otherwise. Do but but I can't throw the, it but, away because do somebody else doesn't get it. Do you think that? There is, everybody has privilege if you're alive um, at some point. I mean, right. we, un, unless, uh, unless again, you know, you're, you're, you know, dying of malaria someplace, or there's like these kind of horrible circumstances. Right. But on average, what I mean is, um, yeah, I, I was born to a middle class family. Uh, they were uh, supportive of science and for letting their kids try their own stuff, right. which is why my sister sang opera. And, right. you know, my brother got into computers. My right. brother is a, a civil architect, right. a civil engineer. Um, and so we, we got to try these things. We had the ability to try that. It's not like we were living in the Dust Bowl in the 1930s where we got to live on the farm or we would die. I understand So there that. is that privilege. Right. So I fully accept that. I, and okay. say, you know what? Absolutely. And you know what I get to do now? I get to talk to uh, uh, over a million people a month about astronomy. Right. And, and I, will, I will ride that as long as I can because that is the greatest thing. That is, it is my passion. It's my joy. <laughs> and I get to do it. That's and great. it's worked out. Uh, eerily well for me because yeah. because that's what I was talking about earlier too is that you know I, I was writing the web stuff and while doing my job but you know it, it was it was distracting from my job and then um, I I wound up getting an education job partly based on that actually heavily based on that and uh, and then I got the next book deal and that book deal uh, it, every time every time I screw around. I wind up turning that into my next What's career. What's around me? Means like when I'm, you know, I sh I should be working, but instead I'm writing the website. I'm and not. when I'm, it's like I should be doing the website because I get advertising here, and now I'm writing the book. And it's, but isn't it? But are you also following your bliss? Yeah, it's it, it's these distractions that I enjoy doing more than what I'm supposed to be it's doing. So interesting. That, that turns into my next thing. But you call them distractions, and I call them following your bliss. Sure, sure. One 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 person's meat is another person's poison. One person, I'm not saying there's any poison. One man's mate is another man's person. That's a Kleban cartoon. Do you ever read Kleban? <laughs> I love Kleban stuff. Yes. The unshaved heart is one of my favorite things in the whole universe. Um, <laughs> just, the, I don't even know if unshaved heart is on the web. If you looked that up, unshaved God. heart was one of my favorite Joan Jett songs. Really? Yeah. Unshaved heart. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Is it? I think she had an unshaved heart. A I have an unshaved. She heart. had a Brazilian. A Brazilian. 
I think that's right. Yeah. What's the uh, Colbert thing? Oh, <laughs> we uh, so we've been chatting actually for hours now, not mm -hmm. just not just recording right. this. Right. And uh, and you were talking about so, a lot of times it's who you know. Right. Which is fine. Um, and uh, so when my when my second book came out, Death from the Skies, we were pitching it to all the talk shows and everything, and and it was great to have the publisher kind of sending books out to everybody. Mm -hmm. And we, were, we sent them to Colbert. They were saying, who do you think? And I said, Colbert. Because at the time, he was doing his threat down all the time. He had mm -hmm. that big placard he would hold up. And he, would, he, would, he had a list of 10 biggest threats to America. And he would, right. he would pull one off and replace it with something. And the last one for months, if not years, was the, the supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. And it always cracked me up because he never mentioned it. And it's totally not threatening to us. <laughs> but I loved that it was there. And it turns out, you know, and he's all about... Um, threats to the earth, threats to the country, right. and and terrifying people because that was his thing back back in the day. And um, here I've got a whole book on every way astronomy can kill us, including the supermassive black hole in the center of the galaxy, which it can in fact damage us, but it's like crazy low probability; it'll never happen. Right. Um, and we were trying, and it's like that would be like the ultimate thing for me ever would be to get on Colbert's show. And I would have the best time with him. Mm -hmm. And um, you never, uh, never got me. on. We never you could never get him on. Me. It never occurred to me. I did not you know that me. you did improv with him years right? ago. I didn't just do improv with him. Like that fucker, would, like we did, we did improv. We did shows together. He came to my wedding. You made out with him. I made out with him. And, and I made out with him like for a long time. And you know when I found that out is when we were at my brother's house in Atlanta. And you showed me that picture. We were sitting in the backyard. Right. At at my uh, niece's wedding, yeah, and you showed me that picture, and I was like, "What?" Right, 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 yeah, right. And then, and then, you know, at that point, it was like I should have thought, "You know, Colbert, I could have." And it's it just, it was way too late. Well, for me, I feel like <laughs> it was way too late. Damn it! I but I got on Craig Ferguson, and I like Craig Ferguson oh, too. And, so, and like the idea, like, <laughs> oh, like, like the world that you live in, the world that you live in, it's crazy. You, it's crazy, but it's also. You, I would imagine that other astronomers look at you and go, fuck him. Like, oh my God. God, I hope so. But with, but I, I'm hoping like, I can just crush them with jealousy. But a lot of people are going, <laughs> I got to go teach class while you go here and talk to those people and go here okay. and talk to those people. There are, um, there are astronomers who don't get it, who don't get the idea of communication. I, uh -huh. I, I know a few. And, there, and, and there, I remember one, it's a long story, I won't go into details, but basically word got to me that he was like, that guy plates wasting his time. And this is a guy who would basically, who would rather sit in a closet with a flashlight and read his astrophysical journal papers than anything. And it's like, dude. And read his ass. Yes. Yeah, so, right. It's like, who's, uh, mostly about black holes, as mm -hmm. it turns out. Um, it's like, who's paying your salary? It's the taxpayers. You have an obligation to, to tell them what you're doing. But also, this stuff is awesome. Right. And, and I love talking about it, and the public loves it. So why not? bring this up. I mean, NASA's budget is constantly being cut, and that may not happen as much if the public understood what was going Clearly, on. Clearly, about... Uh, yeah. So there are right. astronomers who don't get it, and there are a lot of them who do. My friend who uh, who invited me to Texas A&M the other day, uh, uh, Nick Sunseff, astronomer I've worked with for a long time, and he, he's the one who said, you have an alternative astronomy career. And we were laughing about it. And he's he's totally, totally supportive. He's right. like, absolutely, we need good communicators, we need more... Uh, loves that kind of stuff. And so there are I have tons of astronomy friends, especially the younger ones. The, the grad students today, the ones who are getting postdocs and getting tenure now, um, who are 
20 years younger than me. Right. Um, but they but love you, it. They grew up in this culture but it's of also blogging for you, and Twitter. For them, you're the mentor. I'm the that, old guy. But come on, shut the fuck yeah, up. The you're f- also <laughs> the mentor who is opening things up saying, him, Phil Plate, that's the guy. Because everybody else is doing the I do academia. get that. I get that. Right. You're doing... You're doing I broke out from the research and did the communication stuff also, on the web. you're not being codified by being... Of, uh, 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 an astronomer. Your 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 umbrella. It's one is thing huge. I do. Exactly. Yeah, it's one and of the I things that I do. What ends up happening with so many people is they say, "This is my story. This is who I am." And for me to be a, to break out of that, I run the risk of breaking who it is that I perceive that I am. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? I was very worried about that. But, and yet, it's like nobody's going to take about, me seriously if but, I. You know. But here's the thing: we worry like that's a worry for a moment. <laughs> for moments like three years, but yeah. But at the same time, but you know what I mean. It's that no, I know what of, you mean. Of, yeah. of saying that's a worry that you that 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 because you were on the path for breaking through that because at some point you said, and I have a feeling it has to do with your dad. At some point you said, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. When I think about my uncle, your dad, there's something about that lifestyle that you lived, the the growing up. That was always about what is it that you want to do? Yeah. Do I oh, get absolutely. that wrong? Am they I were, that wrong? No, they were totally supportive with that. No, and, yeah. and I remember, and I could cry because I fucking love your dad and your mom. I love your family. I'm, I'm pretty fond of them as uh, well. But, but, you know, I, <laughs> it really, it moves me. And I remember going over to your house when you lived in Springfield, Springfield Virginia. Was the house purple I remember then? Phil, who was like, talk about ADD. Oh like my you're god! Like I all was a over the terrible fucking kid. place, and I remember you being so excited about a telescope that you got, and bringing Jordy and me and my mom and my dad. You probably don't remember it. I'm to, trying to think of which telescope that would have been. Matter. A it little was a tiny crappy. Fifty. Yeah. Like, no, it was like a little door. tube, or was it like a big water heater a, thing. No, it, I remember both. Okay, you remember the I remember water a heater white one? one and a black one. Is that right? Well, the 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 first one I had was black and white. Great, yeah, it's an it, old Tasco four inch. Tasco, oh, God. it was a Tasco. Yeah. and you went, I got this thing, and we're like, what's going on? I must with have been him? six years old. Yeah, you were a kid, but I remember your folks being so supportive. They of bought you. that telescope. I My know. Dad set it up in the driveway and pointed it at Saturn. Exactly, and that was it. That was it, baby. I, Dinosaurs I, were second second uh great at dinosaurs. that point that's why they're called dinosaurs now i get to do both right because now asteroid impacts wiped out the dinosaurs right? <laughs> i had the best of both worlds in right. quite literally but my, 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 my yes and my point <laughs> yes. here is uh oh um, improv right my point i can't help my point here is the ability of growing up with parents who are saying yes yeah and for me to sit here i, I could cry again sit here at dinner and watch your daughter sit with us and to go that is a fine human being because of what you and you have done with her the idea that i sit and i watch her and i and this woman this young woman that you two have produced is such an <laughs> incredible human being that is outside of any other young person that 18 year old that i know and it has to do with oscar and evelyn your parents bringing you in and saying what is it here's an idea uh, I can't argue against that so much. Not really. And, uh, you know, Zoe, our daughter, is a... I didn't um, want to mention it. That's up to you. What's but that? Yeah. I didn't want to... Oh, I know. You know it's, whatever. It's okay. She's, she's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an artist. 
and a, and a big history nerd. And um, that's way outside of my field. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a creative, right? I, I've been called the talent by producers who don't know what the hell they're talking about. But um, really, really? Um, but she draws and she's good. Right. Uh, and, you know, I write, which is creative, but it's very different aspect. I wouldn't necessarily call that art the way I do it at least. And um, I don't but agree. For her, I do not agree with you. You could call it an art. That's fine. It's it, There's a creative the aspect thing. of it. There's but, picking words and all that. I'm not going to argue about that right now. But, but, my, I was, but keep going. But, but my I was, point no, is... No, no. I'm not going to keep going. Stop here. It's my goddamn show. Marcel is cracking up. We need but, a microphone on here. But the idea here is also, what are we talking about about being an artist? An artist is a point of view, a strong point of view. And however it comes out, that's the way that it is. You're creating something. Exactly. And that's that what, is your voice. That's where that's what um that's what I like about what Zoe's doing. I do not understand what she's gonna do. And I mean that literally. She's eighteen. When she's thirty, I have no clue what she's gonna do. Is she gonna is she gonna be a, an artist hanging in a, in a in a museum? Is she gonna be doing animation for some big movie? Is she gonna be a singer? Is she gonna be a, a historian? Yeah. Is she gonna write history books about Andrew Jackson? I don't know. Um, she uh, is a big Andrew Jackson. Yeah, fan. she's a big Andrew Jackson. Fan. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say she's the biggest Andrew Jackson fan I know. Really? There was, no, okay. there was I know of all that could be yeah. because I, I watch her. She's like she kind of digs that Andrew Jackson. Yeah, guy. and she understands that he's like a. A, a villain in oh, many ways, like, but they're talking about terrible taking off the twenty dollars. Yeah, I know. It's like putting Sacagawea's dad on. It's like what the fuck happened? <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's a story where he beat it. He almost beat a guy to death to his, with his cane. And, yeah, I know. You know, and all this stuff. Oh, like God, Howard Zinn. You talk about Howard Zinn and Andrew Jackson. Like Bleh. anyway. Um. So so it's hard for me to know where she's going to be. But you know what? Let her. Let's let her find out. Right. And uh, that's cool. And uh, the 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 thing that kills me. The thing that I look on in my life, um, besides the fact that that Marcella has been hanging out with me for twenty years now, your, your uh, wife, my wife, um, God knows, um, dropped as a baby or something. I don't know what her problem is, but um, <laughs> she's she's giving me a little bit of a hard time over there. Uh -huh. um, but you know, besides the the sort of normal stuff that you you always look back in your life and go, wow, this is amazing, is is when I look at um, the intensely creative crowd. I somehow have fallen into uh, the friends I have on some of them. Some of them are just internet friends. Uh, some of them I've met in real life. Some of them, you know, when I travel, like and see them or whatever. And, and they are creators of stuff across the potential spectrum of what you can create. There are musicians and writers and actors, um, producers, uh, you know, and it's not just like TV shows, it's music and, and, writing on blogs, writing books, uh, anything, anything you can create. I know people who create museum exhibits and, uh, you know, I, I just keep thinking of stuff like that. It's just, and it's nuts. And all these people are like, they're, they're at the top of their game. Right. And, and some of them, uh, some of them are people I kind of discovered early on and, and was like writing about them. And now they're, they're touring the country and touring the world and right. doing all this stuff. And it's like, it's so wonderful to, to see this, that the internet has supported this. The internet supports me a hundred percent. If I, if it wasn't, if it weren't for the internet, I, I don't think, I don't know how, I would, how I would work. Well, this, this wouldn't, people wouldn't be hearing well, us right this now. Is like, That's a whole quantum thing. Oh my God. The amount of money we exist I make or we the don't internet, from the webcast, mm -hmm. like the, I'm sorry, the podcast charge is, per electron. It's right. Yeah. Like I am making, 
hundreds of nothing. That's right. Every week. I was thinking about this. I've talked about this before. This number. Listen to this number and just listen to the emotional content of this number. All right. Last year, I made over $14,000. Doesn't that seem like a lot of money? Like when you first feel it, where you go, 14000 Wait, that's not much money. No. <laughs> but it really yeah. has a feeling like $14,000. Yeah, the average person in their lifetime will make a, you know, for the, for the, the median income in this country, over your lifetime, you'll make about a million bucks. Right. That's, that's crazy. A million dollars? A million, a million dollars. And then it's like, a million and, and, dollars. But then you think, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? But turns out believe, in this economy? Yeah. And, and, and yet there's also the, the thing that like you're talking about all the people that you know and things that they've done and the top game that they're doing. And I, I, I look at those people. I look at the people that I feel like, feel like are, are uh, that I'm inspired by their yeah. artistry. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the money that they're doing because I don't want to, I don't give a shit about people like, I don't give a shit about knowing the amount of money that my friend, um, listen to this, Mark L. Wahlberg makes, who's the host of Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about how much money he makes. I'm like, you're the host of Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, look at him or look at the guy, um, John Gatons, who wrote, the, the, these are people that have been on the podcast. John Gatons, who wrote A Flight, the movie that was the Academy mm -hmm, Award nominated yeah. flight that, that um, what's his name was it? Denzel Washington. Yes. And I look and go, you, you, you fucking wrote a movie that Denzel was in. And I look at you and go, like, look at the creative yeah. people that, we're, that we know. And all it's the, inspiring. It really and is. It, Ten years ago, I would have been more jealous. But now I find it inspiring. Isn't it interesting how the jealousy goes away? Because for me, I, like... Once you you're happy jealous? with what you're doing, you know. And it's funny. So, so as an example, um, I've known Neil Tyson... Mm -hmm. Since he's not I, doing well right now, is he? It, the poor guy. Uh, it's sad. Actually. You know what? When I was at when I was at, mm -hmm. um, and I told you I was uh, interviewing uh, Tamara Holden uh, mm. at Fox News. Did I told you that. Right? Yeah, you were yeah. talking the story yeah. earlier. Like I, she came late, and I'm standing there. I was like, okay, I'm in the lobby, going, why am I? Why is she late? And she's late, so I can watch Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> walk in and stand there, and I'm like, oh that. Well, that's, yeah. why, that's why she's late, so I can look at him. And he said, so anyway. So he was a postdoc when I was a grad student. And when you're a postdoc, wow. you get you get your PhD, uh -huh. you go someplace for two years or whatever, you do research, and you give talks all around the country, hoping to find a job. At the, you get invited to places. And he came to UVA. They were looking for... Uh, I'm sorry, let me just stop. He's the, the new host of the Cosmos show yeah, on Fox. That's right. Okay. Um, and he's the director of the Hidden Planetarium at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. Right. So he came to UVA to give a talk. He gave a talk about supernovae, which is what I was studying, exploding stars. And we chatted for a while. SN. And, and, and then, SN. Uh, SN, yes. Yeah. SNE, actually. Supernovae, yes. because it's Latin. Yeah. Yeah. And um, That's where you wrote your PhD. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so, very good. I did my research. Yeah. I've got a copy if you want one. Because, oh, my God. Because you, you'd be, you, you would double the number of people who have read it. So. <laughs> I'm going to wait, and I know this is going to happen, until the Saturday morning cartoon comes out of it. That's right. I had, Sid and Marty Croft have optioned my PhD, actually. <laughs> um, we were going to get first. Charles Nelson Riley to play me. Hi! Anyway. Anyway. We've lost everybody listening to this podcast under the age of 45. <laughs> but, uh, um, right. So, yeah. So, Neil and I were acquaintances. We became friends over the years. And then I would see him doing stuff. And then, you know, he moved to Hayden and everything. And 
he, there was something he got. It wasn't Cosmos, because by the time he got Cosmos, I was like, no, of course, of course he's the guy to pick for Cosmos. He got some job that I kind of wanted, and there was just this moment where it was like, oh, I wanted that. But then it was like, no, 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 he's going to be great at it. And, and, and he's going to be able to, to reach a different audience than I can doing this TV show, and it's going to be fantastic. And that's sort of my own personal growth, right, is, is being able to see past my own what I want to do and seeing other people doing it and going, oh, those bastards. Now it's like, oh, great. You know, I lost a job to a friend of mine. Uh, I, I'd applied for a job. And I found out I was shortlisted for it. This was like my last astronomy job I had applied for. And I didn't get it. And I thought, oh, crap. And I said, who got it? And then they said who it was. And I was like, oh. And, and I was so I, that, that was the moment I grew up. Is, is we, my, I was talking to my wife, but it's like, oh, Ed got that. That's fantastic. He's going to be amazing at it. And then I went, oh, wait, I'm not upset at all. It's like, I, 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 yeah, I didn't get that job and I'm not unhappy. Wonderful. Um, look at me, I'm a grown-up. Uh, well, I, I totally agree. And I so mean, I, I, when I listen to podcasts, when I listen to your podcast and you know, you're interviewing all these great people and, and, and Hardwick on Nerdist mm-hmm. and uh, uh, all the other ones I listen to, um, and, and they have creative people on who are doing all these projects. And I think I, sh- it's like I should be doing that. I should be writing more. I should be, and I'm, I'm terrible. I'm so unmotivated to do new stuff because I think, oh, it's going to be so much work and it's not going to, uh. um, but then I start doing it. And it's like, this is the most fun. So I, it's like, I, I need to do more things. I, I get stuck writing the blog or just writing stuff and I want to uh, break out and do, that's why I did a book with Zach Wiener, now Zach Wienersmith, uh, from Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial, uh-huh. who does the, the web comic, the beloved web comic, um, we were he was tweeting out Yo Mama jokes that were science based. So I started tweeting some back at him, and then it was, and then I sent him a note. It's like you know this would be a great book, and we went back and forth on it, and then we did it, and it was so much fun. It took a month. We we wrote him up, edited him, put put explanations of him because some of them are so esoteric. <laughs> I didn't understand his. He didn't if understand mine. The joke, it yeah. might be something. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, it turns out not everybody knows about you know Mandelbrot tiles and 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 coin bottles. So you probably wind up more having... people now know about it than they did a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And on the web, it's easy. And so we made right. this. We made this just an uh, an ebook, and um, it was you know it's like it's like a collaboration between you know and everybody knows that Zach and I like each other. Mm-hmm. We tweet each other all the time and everything, but. It's like, that's crazy. You know, you're, you're a professional astronomer and a journalist, and you're going to write an insult book um, with, a, with a web cartoonist. Right. It's like, absolutely, because it, it was awesome. It was but so here's much thing. fun. Like, you aren't wedded to the story that you think that you are. You aren't wedded to the story that you think that you are. You are wedded to the fact that you live in this universe and go, I want to do that. I want to yeah. do that. Because there's a lot of people who say, my reputation is so important. And I feel like, <laughs> you know, mm. right? Yeah, there, there are things I do and don't do. I still am, am a little canny about that, a little wary about that. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not known for swearing. Right. And when I do. Or porn. Um, I think some, well, okay, people, some people might know me swear. for that, but it depends. Okay. You know. um, and so uh, on stage at Dragon Con a couple of years ago, I did a, I did a, a skit with my friend Joseph Scrimshaw, and I swore. And I think a lot of people in the audience... Uh, and th- that's my audience, right? They're, those are nerds out in uh-huh. the audience, and they—they, they, you know, they. Everybody who was on stage, they know who those people are, and I think they were stunned. Right. And uh, it, I think people would be stunned if I didn't. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I keep and it's 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 also one of those things that once you kind of do it, 
you know. So I keep thinking if there's going to come a moment where I can do that publicly and and just get away with it, it's going to be forever. I'm just going to I'm just going to be this because in 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 real life I'm a sweary person. Right. And um, right. And, I know. I had dinner with you, and I didn't want to swear. You, you, <laughs> well, my daughter was right there. But... I know. I know. It's like all right, you're swearing in front of Zoe. Um, I I think the idea of the jealousy mm-hmm. is so important because professional jealousy. Can so get in the way instead it's of consuming. Saying, oh, it really and it feeds is on it's self-consuming. It feeds on itself. And and things right. And in LA where I live, you can keep going. Oh, why did this person get that? And that person get that? And that person get that? And then one day you realize they got that because they got that. I got this because I got this. And my phrase is always replace ambition with gratefulness. The idea that this is what I have. And this is my path, and you've got your path. Because I have to be honest, where, when, when I saw that you got a TV show on Discover before I got a TV show, I thought, how the fuck did that happen? Let me tell you. <sighs> but it doesn't matter, because I look at that. And, and for me, I thought it wasn't jealousy. It was like, that's the most ridiculous thing in the entire planet. Not that you got a TV show. It was great. No, it was. That was that ridiculous. I go, I, no, I loved it so much. And I was watching you and I was like, that, oh, because it's what you said about uh, Neil Tyson, where you go, he's the perfect person for that show. Yeah. And, and for me, like, you get to do your show. I get to do whatever show I'm doing. And at the end of the day, let's celebrate each other. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when that show didn't get picked up, I was crushed. And it took me a long time to, to pick myself up. Right. Um, and it, which was insane because the first morning when I had to get up at four in the morning to stand out in the middle of the desert and get rained on when it was 42 degrees. Right. And it's like, what am I doing? Oh, what Phil, the hell was I thinking? But was fucking great. Oh, that thank show you. It was so fun. Great. And I wish, you know, if I had a time machine, it you know, matter. and all that, I could go it back and fix things. Matter. But yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. And if I, the beauty of it though, if there's, if there is something that came of that show besides having it be fun was now every now and again, I'll get a production company email and you're calling me saying, we've got a show we're thinking of doing, here's the layout and everything, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and you know, we saw your, we saw your show, we saw your YouTube videos. We think you'd be great for a host. And I can say, yeah, you know what? No, not you're going to, you're going to put this on that channel and I don't like that channel. And if that's the if that's the channel you're going with, I don't really need to do the show. They, I, I just, I, I've been through the experience. I don't need to do it again unless it's on my terms. And you want to talk, you want to talk about privilege, turning down a TV show. But but in, and you know the game. Like fifty of these are going to come along, and forty nine of them are are not even going to get to the pilot stage. So that's fine. Um, and it, it kind of sounds like. How awesome I am. My butt's made of gold. I can turn down TV shows. It's not like that. I'm just saying that, you know, once you do something, once you write a book, publishers send you books all the time. And, you know, it, it, once, you, once you host a TV show, that happens a lot. Um, but the, I think what I've learned over the years from all of this, from the, from the failures and everything, is, is like, yeah, if I do that, that's going to be two years of just un, pure unmitigated hell. It's just going to be awful. Because you, the reason that you're doing it is for the money, as opposed or the to notoriety the or right. whatever. It's because right. because I should be having a TV show or whatever. Right. It's the wrong reason to do it. The reason to do it is because somebody comes up to you and says, "We get this TV show and it's going to be awesome." And then you look at it and go, "Yeah, right. That's going to be that's going to be fun." 
Um, and so I'm hoping, you know, I've, I'm talking to a couple of people and maybe, you know, maybe there will be another TV show on the horizon. But it's, it, that is like years from now or whatever. And maybe it won't. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm writing and I'm loving writing. Um, I can sometimes point my camera at myself and put up a YouTube video and... And you did? And get... The one that was on Rachel Maddow? Yeah, the, the, the non-snow melting thing. You right. saw that? Right. Yeah, that was quite the shock. I got a tweet from somebody <laughs> who says, yeah, I think Maddow was talking about your video right now. It's like, really? Um, Rachel okay, Maddow, all right. who I love so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sent her a note on Twitter. She never replied. Um, she's very busy. Oh, she, I, I suspect she's busy. She's busy. very less busy. Um, <laughs> I have no comment about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll make a video that I think is really funny and really awesome, and it gets a thousand views. And but then I'll do this stupid it, snow video. It's got a half a million views. But you're making it for the reason because you love making it. I just want to do it. And that was Marcelo's idea. I, I said, you won't believe this conspiracy theory that's going on right now. And it was snowing. And she said, well, you should make a video about it. And it's like, ah. I'd have to set up the camera and find Ooh, my microphone. Trouble. I have to make a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> and she's nodding her head. She's like, oh, he was he was a whiny you little. Have to make a snowball. He was a pissy little jackass right. about this. And I did it and it's got half a million views, okay. which is insane. Um, so you never know what's gonna what's gonna hit and what doesn't. So you just mean, do what you want to do and make it fun. And the, that's that is in the end. Um, that's, that's where the awesomeness of the internet is, is that, you know, some kid, I, I remember some, somebody saying, you should see these kids' videos. This one kid has a, has a podcast where he answers questions. They, they weren't videos, but they're just podcasts and, and, uh, or audio. And he, he was doing a great job. And not everything he said was right, you know, or the best right. But he was like, it's like nine or something like that. It was amazing. <laughs> and it's like, this kid is going to be a superstar. Right? Right. Whatever he chooses to do. Um, so you're saying, do what you want to do it's it's easy enough to do now that um you know when you when you compare it to the your gdp Mm -hmm. uh you know you you can you can get online and you can get the equipment and a lot of it is very cheap and um you might fail utterly um i've had my failures i don't know what fail utterly means what i mean is if when you don't achieve the the goal that you wanted at the time that's the problem okay i know that that's what i'm saying yes as opposed to doing it because you just Fucking enjoy yeah. doing. It. I did about twenty pilots with all kind at, at all levels, from just a phone call to writing stuff to filming it um, to getting it pitched to executives. Um, until and they all failed until Bad Universe. Right. Um, and those failures taught me how to be better on camera because I sucked on camera. I, I I can't even look at one of the pilots I did ten years ago. It's like mm-hmm. oh god, it's just awful. I was so nervous and tense, and that's not who I am. So Who are you? I, I relax. I like being on camera now. And I, I, I used to be. What do you like about being on camera? It's just fun because I know I'm talking to a lot of people. And what else? And do I can you know? just be goofy. But what else wanna... do you know? What else do I know? Yeah. You know that you, you like, you, you're talking to a bunch of other people. What, what are the things that do, do you get out of that? Uh, attention. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like every comedian, right? Wants, right. Which, we're just crying little people. But no, just... Also... no I, just, I just enjoy. Um, being able to communicate what I love doing. And it occurred to me, I, somebody somebody asked me for a bio or for a talk I was doing or something. It was years ago. And I was sort of writing, you know, you have to do these in third person, full plays, an astronomer and an author and a lecturer and blah, blah, blah. And then I said, and, and, and I just make these things. Every time somebody asks me for one, I make up a new one. And I said something about he loves sharing his passion for astronomy. And then I read that to myself and went, oh, actually, yeah. 
And that's when it occurred to me that it's like, you know, the, 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 the sort of the, the whole thing is um, you can read a hundred blogs about this latest discovery about why galaxies have spiral arms. What I'm going to write about is this other thing that nobody else is telling you. When you look at that picture that they posted of this galaxy, it's like, yeah, the galaxy's pretty and it's got the spiral arms and everything, but look, look over here. What's, what's this thing in the corner? Like nobody else is talking about this, but this is really interesting. And let me tell you something, because I talked to an astronomer about that six years ago, and I happen to remember the story. And I can, I can, for me, astronomy is personal. It's the stuff that I remember doing, the people I've talked to, mm -hmm. and all the interesting stuff about it. And that's what that's what part of what drives my joy for it. So that's what I write. It's different. And what it occurred to me. What drives your joy for it? it? It's the connection with the people. It's the connection with the stories behind the what what's being discovered. Uh -huh. And you know, it's it's easy enough to write about um, uh, whatever the new discovery is, but you and, and I and it gets complicated. But the point is, there are people doing it, and and at some point, I might have met an astronomer who studied that. It's like you know what, and, and a funny thing happened, and I, so I can write about that. And that to me, I love that. I being I love being able to write about like these little jokes or whatever to weave it in. Uh, it, but in the end, what happens is the the the, the umbrella that encompasses this all is um, is the the contact with the reader right. is actually being able to 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 find that whatever that is, whether it's a funny caption on a picture with a dumb joke in it, uh -huh. or uh, 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 I made a, a an airplane reference the other day, uh -huh. uh, something about Leon getting larger, and and I got a ton of tweets from people going, "Good airplane reference, dude." however that is that you get that point of contact with somebody, that's, that's what I love. And if there's a camera on me, then I know that that's going to be on Discovery Channel or whatever. And that means, yeah, there are going to be you know, way more people than ever read my blog are going to see me saying something about alien life or another what Earth or whatever. For you? I love that. Why? Because these are people who, who, who might like science but don't know this aspect of it. Right. Or they may not even know they like science. There right. may be kids in a science class right. who are taking it because they gotta, their ninth grade teacher, you know, Mr. Smith, what a jerk, and I gotta take this class. And then um, they they pop in the video and they see some some idiot guy waving his arms talking about how there could be an, an Earth-like planet orbiting a nearby star. And they that, that light goes off in their head. Um, the idea that that might happen in some young young boy or girl who might grow up to be not just an astronomer, but just somebody who is more interested in it and is more willing to learn about it. You know, I, my goal is not to make more astronomers. We've got plenty of astronomers. Um, I just want people interested in it okay. because I'm interested in it. Right. And if I can share that passion with somebody, that's, that's it. That's the goal. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrozowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drozowski. Today's episode was sponsored by... Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films, portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.